0: Well, I am so thrilled to have you here for Lady Red Live, the podcast season two. I'm your host, Kylie Fisher, AKA Lady Red, and this is Ship to Shore. This season, I talk with my friends from the cruise ship industry who have literally had their worlds turned upside down. We chat about ship life, crew life, traveling the world, and of course, the pandemic that we are literally living through right now. I believe that their stories need to be heard. And I'm so thankful that each and every one of them have entrusted me to share their journeys. And if you're not already following me on the gram, head over to Lady Red Live. And in the show info, you can find out more on who was on the episode. All right, guys, let's get the show on the road. This is Ship to Shore. Welcome again to another episode of Lady Red Live with Ship to Shore. And tonight, my Australian time, I'm talking to a beautiful friend all the way in the UK. I'm dying here of humidity. He's probably freezing his ass off on the other side of the world. And we are about to drop some amazing, amazing gold uh, with Joe's story. We met uh, July last year, July 2019, out of Puerto Rico, and had a beautiful contract over there and he's actually had an amazing journey going from um being a dancer and now being an entertainment director and he's just slaying it within the industry so please welcome to the show the one and only drum roll please mr Joe. i've got no voice today
1: <laughs> hey hey hey
0: oh so good So Joe, let's get this party started. Tell us who you are, a little bit of your background, even before ship life, and then how you came upon working on ships, and then we will go from there.
1: All right. So my name's Joe. Um, I'm, my gosh, I haven't said this for so long. I'm 33 years old. (laughs) Um, I was born and raised in Enfield, which is in North London. Um, for majority of my career, I've always been a dancer. I started working professionally when I was 13. I appeared on a TV commercial. Um, and then from there, I just continued working and did fashion shows and stuff like that as a kid. And then when I was 18, I did my first um, tour in Japan as a backing dancer. And from then, I just continued working on land for a little bit. When I was 21, I then started working on cruise ships. I worked for an Italian company. And then after that, I went for an American company and then went to a different American company and then back to the same company again. So my um, career change has kind of been really interesting. I got uh, more of a feel towards the managerial side of things about four years ago now. Um, and from then I went, I moved up on to being dance captain, cast manager, um, spent a short time doing supervisor role, uh, teaching choreography to casts. And then earlier on this year, I moved into um, senior management on board ships as an entertainment director. So it's been really cool—a really cool transition, actually. Um, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, but um, really enjoy it.
0: Beautiful. Any favorite ports? Anywhere you'd love to go back to in the world?
1: Puerto Rico. I just really, really—and I think I've—I've I've done how many contracts? Four contracts. As Puerto Rico is my home port. And wow. um, quite a few years, I think it was 2014. Um, it, obviously with home port, you have to normally be back on board at around 3.30, 4 o'clock for all of the safety briefings and all of that stuff. But on one of the contracts I did, I actually did two on that ship. Um, our home port, we was, we was in port until 10 o'clock at night. So back mm-hmm. on board was like 9.30. So it was really, really nice to spend the whole day. Uh, you'd go to the mall and then at night you'd go out with your friends and go for some nice food and stuff. So... It's um really really nice port. I miss it a lot, and the weather mm. was gorgeous.
0: It was really humid though. I do remember um it just having that humidity. But hey, I can't complain. I live in a. How is your hair way. then?
1: Does, does it does it do a moniker and go?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, I straightened it today because I washed it, and then because it was so humid, it just wouldn't dry. So right. I thought I'm just gonna dry it get it done with. Yeah. At the moment, the humidity is like 65%. It's ridiculous. Like it's worse than that. Anyway, um, any amazing memories from either stage or moments with guests, um, or moments just like, you know, something pivotal that you feel like you've carried with you throughout your, your cruise ship journey.
1: Um, I think my pivotal moment working on cruise ships, I was chosen to be part of an inaugural team. Um, so we got to work with some directors and choreographers, which was an amazing experience. Um, and just finding out the the back the backstory, like like personally from the director and stuff like that, I think that was something that I felt really honored. Um, and it, it changed my mindset, uh, mind, mindset? Yes, mindset, not mindset. Changed my mindset about the way I used to perform. Because a lot of the time as a dancer, I always used to dance for myself. And I'll be like, yeah, having a good time and whatever. And then from that experience, my mindset changed to be like, okay, hey, what's the audience thinking about what I'm doing? What message am I sending over? What intention do I want the audience to think that I'm doing of my movements and stuff like that? So that was a, that was a big moment for me for sure. That's cool. Mm. How,
0: how did you, did you ever feel like you, was there a moment on stage where you dropped into that or did it just feel like having that opportunity to be, um, you know, opening a new ship in that feeling of like that sense of gratitude or like.
1: I think it was the the process of the rehearsals. I think from Mm -hmm. understanding what they wanted from me, um, I think it was more that. And then everything was kind of put into practice when I actually, went onto that stage for opening night, you know? Like I think everything mm-hmm. kind of came together and then it, it all kind of fell into place for opening night. So it was a really, really cool experience. I really enjoyed it.
0: Mm. And, you, and you can also feel like you were chosen for that part as well. Like it's not like you're just filling in and it's just the, the clone of another show. So you're filling in for another clone, like legit, like you guys are the ones who have crafted that and mastered it and made it feel so good that's really cool yeah it wasn't a
1: brand new ship um it was just a kind of there was old shows and they revamped the shows and then so it was yep. the same ship but then they revamped the show so the shows were already out there but then at the same time we still got to work with the directors and choreographers to put our own twist on things a little bit so it was still cool really really cool
0: awesome okay and then so you've started as a dancer or singer dancer i can't remember
1: so i was dancer then i was dancer singer and then I went back to dancer and then dancer singer
0: yep and then you were PCP which is like PCM supervisor PCM PCM (laughs) yep so you so so he was the cast manager yes and then your last contract before the pandemic you were entertainment director Correct. correct yes okay tell us a little bit about that shift from supervising a group of performers like one group to then shifting into supervising or managing a whole department.
1: It was a big transition, I'll tell you that. Um I definitely got a lot of respect for people in that position. I did it I wasn't aware of how much stuff they had to do behind the scenes. Um but I think for me I it was my mindset that just completely stayed the same the way I was with a, a group of 12 people is the way that I was with a group of 60 plus people. I think if you one thing as well as what was told to me when I was younger is that when you're chosen to be a manager or in a managerial position, don't change when you get that role. Don't change the person that you think that you should be because you were chosen for that role for the person that you are. So I think that I've always stayed humble and level-headed um, going into whatever position of management. And I think it was always always kept in my head to um, lead a team and manage situations that was one thing that was always really important to me and um it was tough it was a tough experience going over to entertainment director but it was uh, Mm. very rewarding as well so it was good that's so
0: true like the the fundamentals won't change like the the baseline of being a great leader won't change your methods may change for the people that you have to work with and of course on a ship, we are working with cultures from all around the world. So you kind of have to have a method that can shift a little bit, but your fun, you know, your fundamentals, the way that you believe that you're a great leader or the way that you feel like you lead, that's not really going to change. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. Like if you've had that from having a small team, that's just going to grow and be the same base platform for a great team. So well done.
1: Thanks. And I think as well, like uh, one thing I always did as a manager for working with cast is try and find out the personality types of each and every single person that I have in my team. What makes them feel appreciated? What makes them feel happy? If I was to reward one person, it'd be different to the way that someone else would want to receive that kind of appreciation. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's finding out that type of thing, but then doing that with managers and leaders that are going to be part of my team and then letting them move that down to their team as well. So it's, it's very, very interesting. And I definitely feel like, like I grew a lot in that experience as well.
0: And would you do a personality quiz with them, like a character test with them, or would you just kind of sense it from spending time with people?
1: I'd do it more of a spending time with people because I feel like even though I'd have weekly meetings with the management team, some people aren't very expressive in a group so i feel like making sure that i had that one-on-one interaction and kind of testing out little things to to find out what works and what doesn't work and then once mm. i do find what works it's like boom eureka and then that'll be noted in my head to be like okay this person likes this but they don't like that or they do mm. like this like, so it's me adapting to whatever they need from me as well you know some people are more confident in certain things and some people need assistance in other things but everyone's a great leader in their own way but it's just a matter of doing that and to give them the support that they need and when they need it
0: and when you compliment people in what they are good at it actually makes people shine and so um there is like there is personality quizzes out there where there's, there's one that's just coming to my mind now, which is probably the simplest one to explain, which is colours. So red, yellow, blue and green. And that would be the simplest way, you know, there's there's other big words that, you know, we don't have to go into. But even for myself going onto ships, meeting my, my leadership team, meeting my supervisors, I would naturally pop them in one of those categories so then I knew how to get the best out of them with me. Because naturally, I'm a red, I'm a firecracker. I just want to get stuff done. Tell me what to do, black and white. Don't beat me around the bush. Just tell me how it is and I'll do it. If you're angry at me, tell me you're angry at me. I'll apologize and I'll get it right the next time. But if you are, if you don't know that about me, you will actually take me as defensive and rude and abrupt and a bitch pretty much. But if you actually... And it's understanding that, so if you knew that about me, then you would know, great, Kylie knows that, like I know that I need to work with Kylie, the, the A, B and C, and then they would actually see me shine. So I think that's a really great way that you've done that, is finding out the personality types of your of your crew, of your, of your staff members, and then being able to let them shine in their greatest light as well, so that's awesome.
1: So one thing you definitely touched on is um, letting people know um, and acknowledging when they've done something great. And I think Mm. one thing with this as well, we live in a social media generation and a lot of the people that we work with on ships are in that social media generation as well. So if you think about Instagram, if you think about Facebook, I know that some people find value in the things that they're posting, depending on how many likes that they have or how many, um, love heart things that people have on their pictures. So I think, they don't necessarily always need um, words all the time, but they just need acknowledgement. They need their Mm. management to understand, okay, I acknowledge what you've done right right there, like great job. Like you don't have to get them a bunch of roses every single time they've done something, but just acknowledge the stuff that they have done. And I think that goes a really, really long way.
0: Mm. So good. So when we're on board, some of us have the luxury of having our own cabins. And others of us, of course, uh, will be bunking in with someone that you pretty much meet when you're walking into your cabin. So I want to chat about how you, over your years at sea, life at sea, how you dealt with the interaction of maybe bunking in with other people versus then having your own cabin. And how have you dealt with, say, loneliness or being away from home, Um, all the kind of things that we don't really talk about because somewhat some of us kind of like me and a lot of other people that i've spoken about is you just go to crew bar and you hang out with people and you get to the point where you're really tired so you go to bed so you don't really end up knowing that you're lonely because you keep shelling it with just being around people because you actually can always be around people mm-hmm. so share a little bit of light on your journey and if you've if you had any dark days or, or moments where you know you really had to think about things and or have you been really great at sea
1: that's a good really good topic um for me I've always been really lucky to be in casts that are like a family and that is definitely one thing that I do love about working on ships is that if it is that family vibe and you can go I've always felt that I've always got a, a community of people around me that I can always go to, if I'm if I'm having a good day, if I'm having a bad day, if I want to go to the crew bar, if I want to get off the ship. Of course, there's always times where you want to have time by yourself, and I think it's important to make sure that you are having that alone time just to reflect. And I think because sometimes we're so busy that we don't need we don't check in with ourselves, we don't check in with our real emotions, and I think that's super important to do. And I think with the size of the cabins, sitting in your room by yourself with just for like 15 minutes a day, check in and be like, okay, how am I feeling today? What do I need? What is actually going on? Because it's so easy to mask your emotions because there is so much distraction. Now that is really good and it's really healthy to do that sometimes, to always kind of be busy, but it's also just as important to check in with yourself um, and sit in your cabin like it's a box of mirrors because I think it's really important just to be like, actually, I'm not always happy. I'm not always feeling like on top of the world. And I think I might be doing what I'm doing to mask an emotion that I'm trying to hide. So I think that's one thing that I would definitely say is spend at least 15 minutes a day just to check in with yourself if you are sharing a cabin or if you do have your own cabin, I think it's super easy to, to kind of get caught amongst all the fun that you have on board
0: which was me, 100%. 100%. Every, every ship I went on, um, it was only until I came home from being sent home from, from the cruise world for pa- the pandemic that I realised that I had all these gifts inside of me that I'd been sitting on for years and I'd forgotten about gratitude and I'd forgotten about joy and I'd forgotten about being a light and all that kind of stuff because I just pretty much got bombarded with just being the chick who's always on fire and always happy yet there was a lot of internal stuff going on and like we said before we record press record I built a shell around myself so I could get through even though I should have said like I remember Joe you know four or five contracts in I said to myself I'm gonna have October off this is three years ago I'm gonna have October off I'm gonna go to Bali and I'm gonna do a wellness retreat did that happen no because I said yes to the next contract did it happen after that? No, because I said yes to the next contract. Did that happen twenty odd more times? Yes. Have I still not gone to Bali for the wellness retreat? Yes. yes. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like so, it's it's so easy just to see the money or see the opportunity or see the travel the world, but not realize that there's actually stuff deep inside that could need to be dealt with.
1: So, and it's bored, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah so with speaking of that um throughout this season that we've had off tell us a little bit about your story of where you were say the end of march what was going down for you and how this six months has been like it's literally more than six months now it's nearly eight months yeah and did you have your valleys um what was your line in the sand like your breakthrough moment because I know that you're now stepping into something incredible and I'm so excited for you to share that as well.
1: The name's down there. I what's at the other side, oh, I was there on my side. Um, so in March I was actually um, on a ship and we was stuck on the ship for two months. So we didn't get off until I think the pause of service was like March 13th, March 14th. Um, I could be wrong with those dates. And then I, um, We got off the ship May 9th, so we spent two months on board. So that was that reflection time that I was telling you about, like it's tough. But I think um, for me, I I didn't struggle that much on board. I think because I knew that I had 62 plus team members that I wanted to look after to make sure that they were doing okay and their mental health was staying at the best that it could be, keeping their minds busy, keeping them occupied, uh, making sure that they had communication every single day, as much communication as possible, I felt like every single day I had a purpose. And that has definitely set me up, knowing that having a purpose and having a routine every single day is so, so important throughout this whole pandemic and experience. Um, So I got home, In May, and honestly, I was the happiest that I've been in such a long time. Um, From what we've spoken about, like, I've been on ships for nearly 13 years now, and for the first time, I was like, I don't have a contract to go to. This feels so good, like, because I've always had a contract. Like, I've always had something going on for the next year. Like, I know what's always happening. And for the first time, I I felt a sense of freedom, and it was really, really cool. So... Um, even though there was the pandemic going on, I wasn't really going out much. I wasn't seeing friends. It was just that time to be like, do you know what? Life's good. Like I feel in control of my life for once. So that was really cool. But then as time went on, it was tough because the stuff that I always practice with having a purpose and have a having a routine, it kind of dwindled down. I went from being head of a department and looking after a team of 62 plus people so my only responsibility was getting out of bed every day. And the longer it kind of went on, I definitely feel like I suffered with self-worth. I suffered with purpose every day. I suffered with not knowing how to fit in. Um, I think from being on ships for about, like I said, 13 years now, like it was hard to find my place in society when all I ever knew was on cruise ships. And then I started looking for jobs to keep the money coming. And I was just like, why aren't I hearing anything back? Like, I'm, I'm, I know what my skill set is. I know that I can do this job. But then I was just like, then I was getting rejection as well from like putting in applications for jobs. So it was so tough that I went through like, okay, this is what's happening on the ship. And then I got home and then I was like that. I was like, yeah, okay, freedom. I'm in control of my life to then it started going a bit down like that again. And then I I got to a point where I was actually quite low, like I was really low. Um, And I suffered from like when I'd be around people that get really anxious because I got used to spending so much time on my own that I kind of hit a bottom and I was just like, something needs to change with this. Like something needs to be done. So I was just like, I have personally had counselling and coaches from like when I was very, very young. And I was like looking around me and I was just thinking there isn't any support for people that have worked on cruise ships or people that work in the entertainment industry. I was like, why don't I make a community of coaches, mentors and advisors that can help people through transition? Because if I'm suffering from it, then I'm sure loads of other people are suffering from it as well. And with the community of people that I have around me that I know that provide this type of coaching service anyway, they all understand people that have worked on cruise ships. They either have worked on cruise ships or worked in the entertainment industry or worked with people from the entertainment industry. There's nothing else like it out there. So that's when I made Sea to Shore, which basically Sea to Shore is sea to the shore, um, which also means transition. And I think there's so many people that are going through a transition now, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's by choice, or whether it's been thrown upon us from COVID. Um, And I just wanted to create a platform that people in our industry, they could come to and feel like they're understood. Because that's one thing as well, that there's all these coaches out there that don't understand the mindset of the people that work in the entertainment industry or work on cruise ships. So that's when Sea to Shore was born and I now have nine coaches that work for the team, uh, for the company, and um, we should be going live in the new year. So just dealing with things like with mental health, um, identity, purpose, um, and all them things, we need to make sure that everything's in place and making sure that we're safe to operate, um, stuff to do with contracts, lawyers, insurances, and all of that stuff. But we should be going live in the new year, and we're gonna be setting up live by giving out free coaching sessions to people that have suffered through the COVID-19 pandemic that are in the arts industry and in the cruising industry to give back, um, just to let them know that there is a place out there for them and it is a safe space and they will feel understood. So it's um, it's game-changing, I think. And I think that uh, I, I'm surprised that there wasn't anything else like it out there before. And I mean, there may be, but to my my knowledge, there wasn't. So I'm really excited to to kind of get it out there and let people know that, if you need help, there's a place for it. And there's no shame in help. And I think it's it's finding the value and in investing in yourself, you know. And I think investing in yourself is is priceless, you know. So spoke too much now.
0: <laughs> well, well, the thing is, as entertainers, we've invested in ourselves with our craft, with our talent for 15, 20 years. 25 years to become the best at our craft to become the best talent right but no one's actually said to us but what about the inner work what about when the whole industry falls apart and no one's there to support you like we didn't get taught that stuff because no one ever thought this would ever happen do you know what i mean like i i did life coaching i i did a course in 2017 and i did it because i thought when i was 30 that I wouldn't be a performer anymore. I would be an old hag. I'm 34 now, guys, like seriously. I've I've, I've performed. That's the same as me. Yeah, so I did the life coaching course going, I'm gonna be like an amazing motivational speaker because I'm not gonna have a career after 30. And so after I deleted that limiting belief and realized that it was my own self holding myself back, it was like this transition coming home was okay. This is the time to shift gears. This is the time now that I can be an entertainer and I can be a coach and I can do them all on the same platform because they are all who I am. I don't have to just be identified by being Lady Red, the piano bar entertainer. That was like my southern accent for all the wagon wheel lovers out there. You know who you are. Or coming home and and being the person who just gigs every weekend in the live music scene in Australia. Like, I actually have so much more about me. And like you said, sometimes we don't know how to articulate that. I've even gone for, like, resumes and stuff when I moved up here to the Gold Coast. And I sent them my freaking bio. Like, I sent them my performance cv and like tried to like switch it into like i was the leader of this and i was the the host mc for this and i'm capable of holding crowds and do you know what i mean because like we don't know how to articulate all of that so what did i do i freaking just set my cv with a headshot of course i didn't get the job (laughs)
1: and that's 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 probably really really cool you touched on that because i don't know if you saw it or not but with my career coach lola who works for sea to shore um we spoke about that the other day and it was super super interesting because for me when i came off of ships i was gonna say right okay let's let's look for jobs and stuff like that and i was just like how do you even write a proper cv like all oh, the only CVs that I've ever written before was from when I was doing like my resume type of thing for from, from my dancing and all of that stuff with a headshot that everyone has the same types of pictures for. And and then I was just like, hey, well, how do I how do I put my big boy pants? What do I do now? Do you know what I mean? And it's it was definitely a learning experience. And one thing as well, what um, Loder and I touched on is why I think people have found it and why I found it so hard at the moment is because... Our job is kind of part of our identity. It's not who we are as a person. But like, say, for instance, you're at a networking event or you're at a bar or a club. I guarantee you, you go, hi, my name's Kylie or hi, my name's Joe. The other person would turn around and say, what do you do? And then you turn around and you say, I am a. So it's part of your identity. And I think what a lot of us have struggled with that yeah okay we are a dancer we are a singer we are an entertainment director we are who we are but because we're not practicing our skill or our trade what we've grown up in and what we've been been practicing for years and years and years because we're not practicing it every single day we're losing our value in ourselves a bit we're losing the am i worth this because you're not exercising what you're good at and it's so hard at the moment, to say I am a and feel good about it, when there's a restriction on what you can do, do you know what I mean? So it's it's um it's a big topic to discuss, and I feel like we could talk about it for hours. But, uh, but it's um definitely something.
0: But that's exactly what pretty much we are both doing in our niches. Like my my whole slogan is, "You are not your talent." And I wrote that back in 2017, sailing from Singapore to Cairns on my first piano bar contract. And it was called I Am Not My Talent because I was telling it from my story. And then my dad goes, yeah, but that's not going to relate to anyone, Kylie. You need to switch it to you are not your talent. And that's the thing. Discovering who you are is not what you do. Like, yes, like the greatest thing that I said to someone the other day over coffee is, Yes, I love to sing. Yes, I love to perform. I love the gratification that I get. Oh, my gosh, that was amazing. But when I get off a one-on-one call with somebody or when I walk out after doing a workshop with a bunch of young people who are aspiring entertainers and they've just all had light bulb and mic drop moments, that for me personally is so much more fulfilling that I know that that is my true calling. My talent is my performance. I can sing. Yeah, I can do that till I can freaking have a walking stick. But to help someone find that missing piece in their puzzle just gives me so much more gratification.
1: And one thing as well, I think the gratification is so much higher when it's one-on-one as well. Because in life, we measure gratification by reflection. Whether that be if you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, your gratification will be when you look in the mirror. And that's your reflection there gratification from when you've worked your ass off on stage the gratification is in reflection of when you get the round of applause but talking about helping people on a one-to-one basis that reflection is like bam do you know what I mean like it's so close and it's so intense that your reflection is something that you've actually been able to do and you've been able to kind of work on that for yourself and I think that's absolutely massive and understanding that in life we all need gratification whether it's from a mirror or whatever it's from one-on-one face-to-face with someone I think it's huge to remember that we need it in some way shape or form to feel good about ourselves and I struggled with with setting up sea to shore because my whole life I've if I've worked my ass off on something then I get instant gratification from it but what I struggled with with setting up a business for like the last two months is that i didn't have anyone going like this i didn't have anyone reassuring me throughout the journey that what you're doing is good enough and i think we all have value in ourselves and where we hold hold ourselves accountable for what we believe in and we have that self-value but it's always good to remember that reflection for gratitude is huge and it's something that we all need but it comes mm. in different shapes and sizes and different forms. So
0: good. How good is it though? But how good is it that like we're on other sides of the world and somehow have thought of the missing pieces of our industry as well? Like, and what we were saying before, I have Googled entertainment coaches. I have Googled, Googled I have Googled performance mentors. I have Googled that stuff and you get it at the top, like you get it at Sony level or you know things like that but it doesn't really come down any further than that and i think that's where like i'm believing that we are sitting on a gold, a gold mine like literally a part of the industry that's been craving for help but no one has been strong enough yeah. or confident enough or even thought about it like we're all sitting here waiting for the entertainment industry to open again but some of us actually, actually have gone, oh, my gosh, look look what's missing. Like I'm so excited, so excited.
1: Yeah. And I, I think with that time as well, the, the time I'm talking about reflection now as well, like sitting in a room full of mirrors, that time off that we've had, it can be a huge reflection time to make personal choices and to be aware of I was just in a routine of doing this, like going over and over again or going back to ships or being in an industry that you wasn't necessarily 100% fulfilled with, or was you just doing it because it was easier to go back to that lifestyle or because let's face it, coming from being on ships to being on land is super freaking tough. I've seen so many of my friends go through that transition and I've really had to support them through it, like, keep going, you can do this. And I've not realized how hard it actually is. Um, And sometimes when I've come back off ships, I'm like, okay, I want to try and make it on land for a bit, excuse me, and see what's out there. And it's too tough. Like, it's it's so hard that I just end up going, okay, I'm just going to go back to ships anyway. So with this reflection time, it's really enabled people just to kind of check in with themselves and be like, okay, what makes me happy? What do I really enjoy doing? And if you do want to transition to land, then you have the resources and support there to be able to do it. And there's no harm in actually reaching out for help. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I need a little bit of assistance with this. Um, The same way that you went through coaching and training to be in your profession that you're in now, all all we're doing as coaches and mentors is providing that coaching for a different aspect of life. But and they don't understand the value in it and being like, oh, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. But training and mentoring and coaching for, for your mindset is so freaking powerful because when you have that mindset, then you can move on and achieve anything that you want in life. Once you've, got, once you've set that straight, boom, fearless.
0: And sometimes <laughs> the only person that's holding us back is ourselves. So when you have that moment of realization that, okay, I, ne- I actually do need help that's the biggest part because as entertainers, we know how to do this life alone. We've, we've got to where we have, we were the only one standing in that audition room. We you know, no one else is representing us except ourselves. So when it comes back to looking internally, we're pretty much the only one who can go, Hey, Joe, I actually, I think I actually need help. Like I would love to get one of your services. And the thing is so, I'm a product so, of my own I'm
1: service. service. Like, I've been through yeah. all of that. I still suffer with anxiety. I still suffer with self-worth every single, not every single day, but like from day to day. Like, I still suffer from these things. Like, and I think I'm human. Like, it happens between I mean, all oh my camera kind of things. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, and I even said to you before, like we did this this video, like, oh, I've been feeling anxious the last few days. So excuse me if I get a bit stuttery. So it's okay. Like, just because you feel an emotion that's strange or weird to you, doesn't mean that other people aren't experiencing that same thing as well. So it's great to be able to build a community to make sure that people know that they feel safe and understood.
0: That's all anyone wants to be is understood. Uh, So tell us where we can find Cedar Shore.
1: So we have an Instagram page, uh, just put C, the, the letter C, the number two sure s-u-r-e and that is on instagram or if you want to visit us on our website it's www.c2shore.com or if you have any questions or anything like that you want to reach out um then my email is joe at c2shore.com
0: beautiful and i will tag that in all the information
1: thank you Joey. and the
0: instagram video and joe before we wrap it up let's go back to ship life. And if you have three tips that you could give to anyone who is dreaming about becoming a entertainer on board, when everything goes back, what would be three tips that you would think that would be great for them to take with them?
1: I wrote these down for you, Kylie. So number one, be willing to work as a team. I think no matter what, working on a ship, you're part, from my experience, you're part of a family and you're part part of a team, whether that's, I know for you, you was a piano bar entertainer, so there was you and your piano bar doing your thing, but you really are part of one big whole entertainment team or like the music department, which is part of entertainment. So um, be willing to work as a team. Also, number two, do your research on the company that you wanna work for. There's so many different cruise line companies out there um, that there's different things about each different company that you may like or may not like the style of the shows, the style of the entertainment. So I feel like there's definitely um, differences in every single cruise line that's out there. So make sure you do your research beforehand. Um, And third, be willing to adapt to change. So you know that things can happen like that it could be a a situation where it's like hey carly i know it's your day off today but um so and so can't work because they're signed off sick so can you work today and then your day off will be that day and it's like okay like anything can change or whether it's um working in production shows someone is sick or injured and they can't go on that night so you need to know your swing tracks you need to know that you're going to be going on you need to change or whether it's working in a different department where you're meant to be working um, when you're meant to be having a day at sea, and then it changes to be a port day, or a port day that ends up being a day at sea, like things can change all the time on cruise ships. So, so it's um, really important to be willing to adapt to change.
0: Hmm. I just had a flashback of I had to do that exact thing and replace someone, and then it got to ten days, and I still hadn't had a day off, and I'm like, ah, uh, yo. <laughs>
1: hey <laughs> you think
0: she's made of steel but she ain't <laughs> so, many times, so many times do you um thinking of performing have you got any bloopers from stage to finish on
1: oh gosh yeah i was doing a show where i was coming up on this lift so i was like this and there was a girl in front of me and i was like my butt feels really cold like i was wearing jeans so I was going up and then she stood up and then I stood up. I put my hand on my butt and I had realised my pants had cut from all the way down there. And as a dancer, you're like for me, I always used to wear a dance belt, which doesn't consist of much material. Let's just put it's it a man, there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we had to do this number, but it was a duet. So I was just like, oh my God. So I had to kind of change my movement. So if, if there was ever anything that I had to like lean to the front, I had to like change my position. So then I was facing the back. So that was fun. There was another time as well, where um, it was one of my early, early on contracts where the girls were doing can So they're all doing their stuff and the girls just jumped, jumped down in splits, like in cannon. And this girl went to stand up after, but her dress was on the floor and she stood up so she just had her panties on so she literally just had to grab the skirt and <laughs> run off but there are so many things that happened on stage and you know what they are the best nights i love it when stuff goes wrong um you just have to think like as long as everyone's safe and everyone's okay on stage like it, it can be a lot of fun um even like was it was it when we were, you were watching a show once when i was on stage and someone had got got um, a cut on their head and they were bleeding yes. and I was like I looked at the person I was like get off the stage he
0: just went like and this then, he just so went like that He thought it was sweat
1: and he didn't even realize and I was just like get off like and I couldn't like say it because I have like a live mic on so then there was this like dance break where these girls were like kind of doing this stuff and then like he got off and I was like, right, okay, what's happening next? What stuff does he sing next? What's going to happen about staging and blocking all? And I'm, my head's going through all of this while I'm on stage, like in a freeze position. And I was like, crap, I'm his swing. So I was like, I've sorted everyone else out, like of what to do, like where to go and stuff like that and what they're going to do and how I'm going to let them know. And then I'm just like, well, what about his swing stuff? And I was like, it's me. I've got to do his swing stuff. I'm like, crap.
0: (laughs) But
1: um, I love when stuff like that happens because you just have to think and your brain goes into a different mode of just like, not even survival mode, but just like, it just has this ability to, well, for me, I just stay calm and it just like, it just works by itself. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And if you're
0: listening, it Jeff, really cool. we love you. We love you. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, And it's like your brain goes into an autopilot. So you've, you've practiced 10,000 times doing these things and you never really need to use them until you're under that pressure. And then your brain literally goes into autopilot and knows exactly what it needs to do and knows exactly what track needs to happen. Mine is to be, I just thought of it now and we'll finish the show after this. I would, um, I must, I must suffer when I'm on ships from sleeping anxiety because I would dream that the passengers would be coming into my room because I haven't finished the show. And so I would be like half naked in bed and I would actually sit up in my sleep and wake myself up because I'm playing piano on my Duna, um, because the guests are in my cabin. And so that would be, maybe that's sleep anxiety. I don't know, but whatever it was, it would like, <laughs> it would nearly happen every contract for at least the first two weeks, like full on.
1: My worst dream and any dancer would know this is when you're backstage and you're about to go on stage, but you don't know yep. the choreography, but you're gonna go on stage. Oh, it is the worst nightmare ever. Like, or you you end up being in a dressing room and someone's like, there's your costume, like you're on in two. And you're like, on where? And like something, it's like, you could actually turn around and be like, well, I'm not going on stage, but in your dream, like it's someone's like pushing you behind from behind to push you on stage and you just don't know the choreography. It is the worst dream ever like you wake up in sweats and then you probably end up feeling anxious for the first like a few hours of the day because your brain's just getting over the trauma of actually what happened but
0: yeah all we want to do is sleep and our brains just never turn off it's amazing yes joe it has been such a delight to have you on my show and i'm so excited for the next steps in your journey and where cedar shore is going to uh connect with people, let's hope, all over the world and and really be able to help entertainers and performers out there to make that connection from where they are now to where they want to be in the next, say, six to 12 months. So I'm really excited to follow your journey and support the journey and um, cannot wait.
1: Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And the strange thing is, is that I've had a lot of interest with like other coaches and mentors like all around the world. And with Instagram, the professional, like the business account, you can see where your uh, main followers are from. And it literally is like half of that, like 50% is from the UK. Then I have like 40% is from um, the US and then like 10% is from Australia. So, I mean, if we keep pushing it in different avenues and different areas, um, I do want it to be like the one hub that people can go to, whether you're dealing with something that's personal or professional, whether it's a breakup transition, whether it's wanting to find a new career transition, whether it's just transition, any form of transition, period. I want it to be the one place that people can go to and be like, I need to go and get a little bit of advice or a little bit of help from someone and I know exactly the right place to go too, and that's that'll be see to sure. So, buzzed, super excited about the future.
0: Well, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode of Lady Red Live, the podcast, Season 2, Ship to Shore. And if you loved this episode, why don't you share it on the Gram, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever you use and get the message out there because my passion is to get their stories heard. So until next time, guys, stay safe, be blessed. This is Kylie Fisher, aka Lady Red. And this is Lady Red Live, the podcast, ship to shore.